Hey, everyone. Welcome to Lessons with Mike. I'm here with a very special guest, Mr. Weston. Hey, folks. How you doing? Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the Python problem in uh, Southern Florida and the Everglades region. Let's do it. Yeah. So, now you actually, you hunt pythons. Is that right? That's like part of your thing that you do now. So, I, I've been um, twice now, yes. So I, I don't know if I'm, I'm no professional or paid contractor or anything of the sorts, but I have been with uh, people who are, are paid by the state of Florida to help eradicate them, yes. Yeah, and I saw that one that you had uh, you had captured. How that was a pretty big. How long was that? I believe it's about six foot. It was, it was about as tall as me. The one. Uh, okay. I guess that to was give, a couple months ago. Yeah, to give the the listeners a little bit of background on this problem, uh, pythons, Burmese pythons, are native to uh, Asia, Southeast Asia, that area. They live in like a tropical climate, and they weren't seen in America until the 1980s or so. They were seen occasionally. And around the year 2000 is when it started becoming a problem. And in 2012, they're actually banned from being imported into the United States because this is a, this is a study that was conducted uh, in 2012 that shows the decline of the population of native wildlife since 1997. So in that period of time, the raccoon population went down 99.3%. The opossum population went down 98.9%. Bobcat population went down 87.5%, and the rabbit population was completely erad eradicated in some of these areas. So the pythons pose a huge ecological issue to the wildlife, to the native wildlife, and these effects, they reverberate. So it's not just the things that they eat. Like they eat the things that eat bugs, for example, increase in mosquitoes, increase in outbreaks of insect related diseases. That's just one example. Exactly. They're, they're, they're completely removed from the food chain and yeah. they're completely evasive, invasive, not evasive. They're evasive as well, I guess, but they're yeah. an invasive species. They're not supposed to be here. They're here, drive through the Everglades of South Florida and, and it's a ghost town. You, you'll hardly see birds. You won't, I mean, though, these things get so big, they eat deer. Now, I've wow. heard stories of them eating gators. I, never seen that i'm sure it happens though they're incredible creatures they are beautiful but they're terrible for the ecosystem of the everglades and i don't know that we'll ever reach a point where we can completely eradicate them and i don't even know if the people that you know go out there multiple times a month that eradicate you know so many of them if they're even making a dent the everglades is a huge part of of South Florida and you can only access so much of it by vehicle and the ones you're taking out of there is it is it really helping I don't know it's it, it, in some way it's helping but in the grand scheme of things there's so they don't even know how many are in there there's exactly there's just yeah. guesses of how many are in the Everglades it, it's not really possible to get an accurate number because a lot of the area is very swampy marshy and these Burmese pythons are very good at hiding so it's difficult to even find them being as big as they are and nothing in that area. Once they get to about four or six feet long, nothing in that area is going to attack them. Now, maybe a large alligator will, but even then it's not going to, because alligators don't normally go after things that they think are going to be a problem to deal with. So if an alligator has the choice between a six foot long snake, that will be a little difficult or a, or a small possum that won't be a problem at all. It'll, it'll go for the possum in every scenario. 
And the only instances where they really go after the pythons is where they're actually encroaching on their territory. And that fight, it can go either way. Sometimes the python comes out on top, or if it's a really big alligator, it'll come out on top. Here, here's something about alligators, very interesting. The, the force that they have when they close their mouths is one of the most powerful forces in nature of all time. So if it clamps down on the python, bites it in half, no problem. However, on the other end, you can like close an alligator's mouth with some scotch tape and keep it stuck and because pr- the force that opens its mouth is not nearly that strong. So if a python were to wrap itself around the alligator's mouth, then it would have no way of opening its mouth. And without that, it can't really do much. That's, I've never even considered something to that. I mean, that's, that's you're completely accurate. If you watch any alligator rescue show or alligator rescue or alligator, um, any, any type of alligator TV show, you'll see they use electrical tape or I think it, it looks to be electrical tape to just yeah. tape their mouth shuts and, and they don't, they don't open them up. They can't. Yeah. I never thought about that with a snake though. That's makes perfect sense. Oh yeah. So, and I've seen videos and pictures of, of, snakes wrapped around alligators a lot of times what happens is they both end up dying so really in that case no one really wins and another thing is the Burmese pythons they reach sexual maturity a lot quicker and they're able to have a lot more eggs and a lot more of their their young ones will survive to a dangerous size and quicker than an alligator offspring will absolutely Uh, Burmese pythons the females lay eggs Every year, every two years, I believe. And just recently, they found a female with 120 eggs, broke a record. So they have massive amounts of eggs, and they hide their nests very well to the point where most things can't even find the eggs. They're hidden so well. I know bobcats will go out and look for the eggs and try and eat the nests, but it's it's still it doesn't happen very often. Absolutely not, and they're they're so. I think it's six months. I'm not sure if you know, but I, I believe they they can start laying eggs around six months old. Oh yeah, they mature six months really to a quickly. year. It's it's crazy, and you know you take one out, the next day thirty are are hatching. It's and I was looking through. I was trying to find an estimate of the numbers. Even on the low end, the estimate is at least one or two hundred thousand, and the high end is near a million. So that's a pretty wide range of how many there could be. Absolutely. It's they don't know. There's no way to know that. I mean, it would be like counting the the fish in the in the deepest parts of the ocean. You just can't do it. And then yeah. that's arguably maybe even easier. Um, yeah. And that climate it is exactly like their climate in Indonesia. And there's nothing bother. There's no predators. Whereas in Indonesia, there will be things that hunt the, the baby pythons, the younger ones like mongooses for example i don't know if it's a mongoose but there's a type of like rodent creature i'm pretty sure that hunts them whereas there's nothing similar to that in the south florida you're completely right there's there's nothing threatening these except the state paying i want to say they pay like 100 contractors yeah to go out there you know they're paying a minimum wage to to drive their trucks or, or not walk, but drive their trucks or do whatever they're going to do looking for these. And the incentive to go out there is, is low. It's, it's good enough, but he, you still, you have people out there, but yeah, you and, can but only there, do really so much. Needs, there really needs to be more resources put into this. If any meaningful change wants to happen. And then, and you can say that with, with many, many, uh, 
issues today. You oh, know, yeah. if we just put more, if you throw more money at it, and in this, I don't know. I haven't personally seen anybody any like plan to fix this beyond what they're doing already. I haven't seen anything like, hey, if we just had you know ten billion dollars, we could do this. I've never seen anything of the sort. It just seems to be such an issue. Yeah. Well, this this isn't sustainable because eventually the amount of pythons will reach a number to where they will have to start competing for prey to where there won't be enough animals in the area to sustain the population. And at that point, if it ever gets to that, I think the population will crash. But I don't know what that number is or how long it will take to get there. And by that point, you could say that too much damage to the native environment has already been done. I think you can say that already, Michael. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I, I don't remember going. I, I don't think I ever visited the Everglades until I was 20 years old. But from the videos you see, if you, I mean, just go on YouTube, check out you know, uh, Florida Everglades 20 years ago versus today. It's still a beautiful area. I think it's the largest national park um, as well. But it's just so – the wildlife's just not there. You don't now, – What do you see? Do you see alligator? Because I went to – not the Everglades. I went to uh, Okeechobee, Florida, and there was – I didn't see any snakes, but I saw a huge amount of wildlife, birds everywhere. I saw some sea otters at one point, alligators all over the place. So you, what do you see in the Everglades? So I personally have have seen multiple different kinds of snakes, uh, turtles, some birds um the southern portion of the everglades national park actually has crocodiles oh cool so that that was actually very interesting to see and and even you know but you don't see rabbits you don't see raccoons you don't see possums i have i personally haven't seen an alligator i mean they're there but yeah they're obviously there but you could even say that that population i couldn't find any studies that showed that decline but that those numbers have to have been going down as well i don't think you could argue that any population of any type of wildlife that's co-located with burmese pythons hasn't went down i think every in some way it's went down which is not good yeah there was a book i was reading years ago that talked about how ecological diversity has been going down consistently for hundreds of years because as humans developed uh, boats and planes and extended travel capabilities, there were these creatures that would get to areas of the world they would have never gotten to before. And this has decimated populations all over the place. In Australia, tons of native species are going on the decline. And this is happening all over the planet in many places. It's it's definitely, you know, wildlife is such a, a precious thing that, that we're messing up for sure. And I think, um, you know, America does, you know, there's plenty of wildlife refuges. You know, yeah. Our national park system is, is second to none. A lot of tax dollars from, from gun sales and sporting goods sales and ammunition sales goes towards wildlife conservation. And uh, it's... You know, I'm not. We're doing it, and we're oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're putting we're, the effort in. We're putting the sure. efforts there, absolutely. But it's just it's difficult to see, like you were saying earlier. You keep if you even if you keep throwing money at the problem, it's difficult to find a solution. Exactly. Not you know, money doesn't 
fix everything. You, you can throw, you can throw just buckets of money at problems, but how that money gets spent and used is is what really is yeah. going to determine on your your outcome. And is there even a outcome? Is there a way out of this for the Everglades? I don't know, but I was doing. There were some reports. Uh, there were some concerns that like I mentioned earlier, as their food supply dwindled, they would start moving south. And that has been seen. But when it gets in the wintertime, they can't survive. That's one thing that they can't do. They cannot survive at all in colder temperatures. So there were reports I would be seeing, videos I'd be seeing. People would drive down the road, dead pythons all over the road that had tried to migrate south. They, They can't make it too far down south, fortunately. They have just a certain ecosystem that's just perfect in the Everglades for them to thrive. Oh, yeah. And something else I wanted to talk about. This is when I was doing my research. They did uh, some scientists studied the genomes of over 400 snakes that they captured over a number of years. And what was discovered is that the genomes are not 100 percent pure Burmese pythons. There's a mixture in a lot of the snakes with African rock pythons. The interesting thing about those pythons is that they're they have a tendency to be more aggressive they have a tendency to be faster. They don't necessarily get as big, but they can move a lot faster and they're a lot more aggressive. So one theory is that the hybridization has helped them adapt a lot quicker than otherwise would have. That's that's very I, I don't I'm not privy to that information. I haven't read anything about that. Um, but that's quite possible and they're just you know, I, it's the snakes are adapting in the best way possible. You know, they're an animal. They're going to adapt the best way they can for the area that they're in, and they're going to mm-hmm. do it well. And, and, that, and I and absolutely love seen. snakes, but this is a problem. Yeah, this is – this. these are – this isn't taking out, you know, oh, I don't like snakes. I'm killing a snake. That's absolutely not what this is. Yeah. This is This is an invasive snake that's not supposed to be where it's at that is absolutely eradicating – all kinds of wildlife in this section of, of Southern Florida. And it's exactly what we've said multiple times already today. It's, it's oh, yeah. an issue. And, and um, there's, it, it's a ripple effect because not only are the, the plants, those are affected too, because there's going to be huge plant growth for a number of animals that eat the plants that keep the plants from, you know, overgrowing, taking over other areas. That's something that's going to be affected. There's so many things that are going to be affected. So many, and even to this point, we still don't know all the effects this is going to have in the long run because it's only been 20 or so years since this has been a serious problem. And every year it seems to get more serious. Uh, I did some statistics. I looked at some statistics. The first uh, python hunt that the government sponsored, they were able to catch, I believe it was 60 something pythons. And that was about a thousand, not a there was a good number of people looking for them. They caught about 60 where in every subsequent year, with the exception of a few, the number keeps going up and it's not because the pythons are getting easier to find because they're very difficult to find. It's because there's more and more of them. Exactly. It's it, the population's increasing. So there's a, just a higher chance that you're going to see them and it's, yeah, they're not slowing down. And if we get to the point where they, they eat everything, and then they're competing for prey, and then, you know, they start turning on themselves. Uh, that's maybe we'll get there, but at the, mo- I mean, right now they're booming. 
it's yeah. it's the population is is a roller it's it's a roller coaster straight up. Oh yeah. Now, tell me about the the times that you went and the ones you caught and how that went. So different people hunt different ways. The way I, I went with a, a contractor that works for the state, and essentially what we did, uh, I've been one time during the day, one time during the night. So in the summertime you go at night, and during the winter time you go during the day. They're they're cold-blooded, so they want to be in the warmest spots. So typically, excuse me, at nighttime, that's going to be on the road. Mm-hmm. So they have access. So if you work for the state, you have access to parts of federal land and state land that your uh, citizens don't. So they're employees of the state, you have access to this. And essentially what you do in the summertime, at least, I'll talk to that because that was the most recent. You just drive. You sit in the truck, and you just drive down the road. And, and you just see them on the roads? And you, you'll see them on the road. You'll see them on the like the banks of the roads. A lot of these guys that um, work for the state, they, they, they all, from what I know, use their own trucks. They have light bars set up, and they flip all their lights on, and they're just checking out the road. They're checking out the side of the road. And they're just look, you know, cruising maybe twenty mile an hour looking. So what we did, you know, we're going and we got out there. We we were out there for hours and hours. I, I want to say maybe four hours, maybe even six, uh, just driving up and down, up and down this road. And next thing I know, um, I see, you know, kind of see something. We were kind of on our way out. It was a last minute um, deal. We're you know, we're driving out, and I'm in the back seat, and I feel the driver slam on the brakes, pull the truck to the side. I saw something out of the corner of my eye, jumped out of the truck, and it was laying on the, uh, it was about half in the road, half in the grass. He jumped out, grabbed uh, grabbed its neck, snatched it up, starts trying to wrangle, you know, he's got a, he- a hold of its head, so there's no uh, you know, danger of getting bit at that point. It's just trying to wrap up around your arm and squeeze you, so you got to keep unwrapping it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he gets tired out, and that's it. Take a photo, he sends it to his boss, and then... That's it. There's, nice. there's one snake out now. You, now, you know, no, citizens can't just go on the federal land and, and the state. Yeah, you have land. to get like permits, I would imagine. Correct for for that type of land. Um, now, if you have one in your backyard, go chop its head off. Um, yeah, you the state complete. There's no there's no hunting license. There's no permit you need for them. If you if they're on your land or they're on private land. Uh, it doesn't have to be your land, but if you have, you know, if you're lawfully on someone's private property, you can kill that snake, and yeah. you should. You, you absolutely, absolutely should. Yeah. You should make no mistake. You know, you should absolutely end that snake's life. Yeah. Be smart about it though, because they not only can the pythons wrap around you, and the big ones can really do some damage if they wrap around you, but they're not poisonous or venomous. They have very sharp teeth. They so do. If they, to, if they were to bite your face. Oh, you're done. That would suck. Yeah, it's a very um. They have a lot of they have a lot of teeth. It, it would not feel good. So but, what you what you want to do? Get their head, either step on their head or like grab their head from behind if possible. Just do something where they can't move their head and bite you. Correct. Yeah, and that and that's gonna be. I'm not gonna give that kind of advice to to just a, a normal person that has yeah. no experience. You know, if they're if they're in your backyard, take a shovel to their head. Smack them with something. Shoot them if you're a good shot, but don't like miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, chop their head off. 
and then yeah. you're and you're done. It's dead. You know, get rid of it. However, you see fit. You know, something will eat it. And unfortunately, because of um the Everglades and the content of the mercury and the the swamp waters, you can't even eat them. That's that's hazardous to you because people. I was when I was doing research, it was people were were saying, "Oh, can we eat these? Maybe we can donate the food." No, you can't do that because it could make you really sick because of all the mercury they absorb. Mercury is not. Yeah, I I definitely believe that mercury is not good. And if they're, I mean, think of, they're eating everything, you know. Oh, yeah. And you can eat, you know, like catfish. They eat a lot of everything, you know, they're bottom feeders, and and you can still eat them. But yeah, I would I would definitely not suggest eating eating these snakes. Yeah, to and they, they they can get really big. Like the average length in um, is about sixteen feet. For that's about how big they can grow to typically. And not the average length. That's not what I meant. But and then the, the record breaking ones that they've seen around here up to 20 feet, 19, 20 feet around that area. And these these things are aren't they're not skinny when they get to that point. I mean, you could. That's a big snake. It's yeah. so big. You're not going to grab it with one hand. That's going to be yeah, two hands possible. around the neck. Yeah. Um, it's. It's incredibly, incredibly large. I mean, the one that the six footer that, that we got that this one particular day, you know, we took one out. It, it was, it was, challenging. was it was yeah, I mean and it's it, there's plenty of these videos on YouTube. I would encourage your your listeners to just take a take a watch of um in any of these videos. They're they're incredible. These these guys that go out there and the snakes aren't I mean they're not keen on getting caught. They are vicious. And I mean, just anything on YouTube, you know, Python hunting, it's uh, it's it's an incredible thing to watch. Oh yeah, for sure. And that you got to consider this too: the thickness. That's all muscle. A lot of animals have skin, fur, fatty tissue, but a python is just—it's all muscle because their organs. They actually, when they swallow prey, their organs move to the side, so their organs aren't very large, comparatively speaking. So. If you see one, like even six, that's like six feet of solid muscle, pretty much that you're dealing with. Oh yeah, and the, it just just it, the one that that I handled was extremely strong, and yeah, they they eat an incredible amount as well. You know, one python that you know that's alive for five to seven years. If it, if it's gonna, that's the, at that five to seven years, you're looking at maybe 13 feet 12 to 12 to 14 12 to 15 feet in five to seven years that that particular that one snake that snake's going to eat one raccoon it's going to eat a possum it's going to eat four five foot alligators it's going to eat an incredible amount of birds blue herons coots it's going to eat squirrels 10 plus squirrels 10 plus rabbits and you're looking at 50 plus mice this thing's going to eat and that's that's in 5 to 7 years that's one snake you know what and there's what, hundreds of thousands hundreds so of thousands of them the damage that these things are doing you can't really even begin to calculate it it's 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 immense really it it truly is and i and i hope that we can get to a point where they're eradicated out of the united states yeah i really do well, thanks for being on here and talking about this. It was very, uh, very informative. I think the listeners will really enjoy this one. I sure hope so, and I, I would encourage them all to, to, you know, learn more about this problem and, and uh, you know, more, more. The more people know about it, the more that you know, 
pressure can maybe be put on whoever needs to have some pressure put on them to maybe we can get some more snakes eradicated out of there. Yeah, because trapping them is very difficult because they tend to stay in the same area pretty much. So you can't just set traps for them that are very effective. And because there's such a variation in size, if you make the trap too big, the small ones will get out. But then if you make it too small, it won't be enough for the big one. So that's why trapping them is a little difficult. And then their their skin color, their patterns, it's just, it's incredibly difficult. Like you said, you were out for several hours and only saw one. So there has to be some way that can be invented or devised to make locating them a little bit easier. And I'm sure with, with the correct funding and the smart people of, uh, you know, Florida wildlife management and fish and wildlife conservation commission of Florida, I'm sure that, that something could be figured out. And I, right. and I, and I hope we get to that point here soon. Hopefully. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. It was great. Absolutely. Everybody- Mike. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.